We've decided to divorce. Now what? We are so glad that you're here because you're choosing to thrive after betrayal, trauma, or addiction. Hi, I'm Ashlyn, the once betrayed. I'm Kobe, the once addicted. And I'm Brandon, the expert. Now, why am I an expert? Because I've treated betrayal, trauma, and addiction for over a decade. Okay, guys, we're glad to have you here. Once again, we're coming uh, at you from our houses. We are honoring the social distancing uh, norms right now with Corona. And so Ashlyn and I are at home in separate rooms. Brandon's at his office and we've got a wonderful guest who's joining us from her home today. And um, so along with getting us um, remotely uh, for the podcast, you're going to get all of us, which means <laughs> might be a dog, might be some kids, <laughs> might be, I don't know, Amazon delivering something in the doorbell. I don't know, but we're going to do our best to mitigate all the distractions. We're just glad you guys are here. Um, and we're honestly really committed. We're committed to, to producing content, even though we're, we're on uh, quarantine and uh, hope that you guys will roll with us. So I'm going to just read a review for today and it's called loving so far. Hey all, I stumbled upon a podcast, uh, upon this podcast a couple of days ago and I'm loving it. My husband has been sober for nine months and has yet to seek any recovery. I have been in recovery since September, going to a weekly support group, reading a lot of literature. It's been a rough road, but I've been consistently finding the way back to myself. This podcast gives me hope that maybe my husband will seek recovery for himself. And I totally appreciate that. I tip you, uh, tip my hat to you guys. We do. Uh, one, just for leaving a review because, uh, because it helps want to know what your experience is. But also, um, what's cool is, is as you've listened to the podcast and you've heard Ashlyn's perspective, you've heard my perspective was certainly Brennan, the expert and any other guests you've, you've kind of heard recovery model to you. So wish the best to you. Thank you for leaving the review and wish you and your husband, um, success on this road of recovery. So. Thank you. And if you haven't yet, guys, rate and review the podcast. Uh, that is a way that you can help. This is kind of a weird and, and, and um, delicate uh, situation. But if you found hope, sometimes we want to just give hope. And in this situation, though, sometimes it's really easy to not want to do that um, because we don't want to out ourselves. But leaving a review and rating us is a way that you can help. So for those of you who have, thank you. Okay. Before we dive, before we dive in, guys. Um, I wanted to mention the relationship rescue challenge that we have. Um, I think that this is one of the coolest things that we have done. Um, as, as Ash and Kobe and I built this, we felt, felt inspired and we walk you through, it's for any couple at any stage, we walk you through a process of healing to elevate your relationship to, to a new level. So if you're really struggling, if you're doing well, um, the, the challenge is going to be good for you. And uh, it's a 30-day challenge. You get, you get a thing that you do every day for 30 days. And they're little things, but they add on to each other, and it gets better and better and better. So um, it's affordable, and I think every couple needs to do it. Me and my wife are going to do it. Um, and so check it out, you guys, um, relationship rescue challenge. Uh, the link is in the show notes and go find it there. So awesome. Kobe and I are playing catch up on our, we're doing it with them and we just don't have enough time in quarantine, you know, to get it done. 
just kidding. Obviously. <laughs> we just, we just haven't been focused this weekend. Uh, so we'll get caught up today. Um, okay, so I'm so excited because we have Bea here with us today. And I met Bea uh, because she joined one of my women's groups. I don't even know how long ago. But I got to see Bea as she took the steps into her own healing. And to see Bea, who came first weeks of group, very quiet, not very vulnerable. Uh, I don't have a lot to share. We're okay-ish, you know, <laughs> to where she is today, who is someone willing to be a voice to so many who have asked, we need to hear people who are either going through separation or divorce or who are, and here she is. And it's a beautiful transformation. Um, I asked Bea specifically to come here because <laughs> she is one that I watched who did it in a healthier way. So she kind of giggles when we say, what's a healthy divorce? Because it never feels great, I assume, but you've done it in a really great way with your partner, ex-partner, whatever we want to call him. Um, and so I wanted you to be a voice for the people out there who might be toying with this idea or who are in it or have gone through it. So thank you so much for being that voice for people. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I will say this too, you guys, just as a little uh, add on to Ashlyn, what Ashlyn said is um, Ashlyn and I will talk after groups sometimes when we, when we have those, it's like, oh my gosh, you'll, like, it's, it's really just like, look at how cool this person's doing, or this group had a really great uh, takeaway. This is what it is. And I remember um, Ashlyn saying, oh my gosh. I've got this gal, she's from Hungary, but she, you know, has lived here in the U S for a long time and she's in a group. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I used to travel to Europe a lot um, in Eastern Europe. I never got to Hungary, but I was like, so interested in the, in the idea that she's got someone in her group, um, who is, uh, who's from Hungary. Anyways, over time, it, it like, it totally changed from, Hey, there's this girl to, Oh my gosh, Bay is rad. She like, I can't believe what she's doing. And um, it was just this really um, awe-inspiring progress that consistently showed up in Ashland's little reports after group with, with you, Bea. So we want to just give you um, the, I guess, the props that you deserve in going down the road that you've been down and um, just honor you for your authenticity, for your vulnerability, and... Um, really just appreciate, I, I appreciate you being here because it's cool to hear um, more of and see you share um, what I got to hear secondhand from Ashlyn. So just really feel lucky that we got you. Well, thank you. You made me cry. Tear up. <laughs> Not cry yet. <laughs> Not cry yet. So Brandon, where do we start? So I just have some questions for you, Bea, just to get some background. Um, okay. Yeah, so you started the recovery process how long ago? I think it was last April, around springtime, April, maybe, yeah, maybe March. So about what, a year ago. When did you start? When, did, when was the divorce? The divorce was finalized in June, beginning of June. June of last year. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. yeah, yeah. So this is all pretty fresh still. Yeah. You're, you're in the thick of it. Okay. So it just, a, I think a quick question is 
for somebody who's on the other end of it. So they're, they're, they're working their recovery. They're realizing their partner's not going to respect their boundaries and it's going to push them to this place of divorce. Um, what would you say to somebody who, who's probably in a lot of fear, a lot of guilt, really sorting through that decision, but feeling like divorce is the right option? What are some pointers that you could give? I feel like first is not shelter themselves. Sometimes we we tend to keep everything quiet and just mourn on ourselves in inside of ourselves and and we feel like we are all alone and there's nobody to talk to and that's I feel like in my life was the hardest thing to do because I was alone and I didn't know who to turn to but I feel like knowing who to turn to, finding a group, um, either a support group or a therapist or online courses where you can go and, and find help and actually open up about your feelings, your fears, your, your heart is broken and you can't hold it inside of you because you will shatter even more than you already are. And for me, it helped so much to be able to talk to Ashlyn and the other gals in the group, knowing that even if our situation's not the same, but they still know what I'm going through, that they knew exactly what it felt like, feeling like heartbroken, feeling that there's no place to go, feeling like that there's nobody to understand, but there are people. Realizing you're not alone in that pain, and, and yeah. just being able to process it helped you move forward a ton, I bet. Yeah. I'm also hearing, if I can pop in, the compare, like there's not a huge comparison thing. You're taking that out and saying our stories are different, but you're allowing people to support in the ways that they can and give empathy. And I think that's a big part because we always want to find someone with our exact story and that doesn't ever happen. So. Um, Bea, what about, I just want to kind of jump to this one. What, what about with the kids? Like what were some, what were some of the good things that you guys did and, and maybe some of the most difficult parts of that to get past with, with your children? I would say the most difficult thing definitely was sitting down with our children and telling them that we decided on a divorce. Um, we, had, we had house separation. My ex-husband was sleeping down in the basement and I was on the upstairs. So the kids kind of knew and kids sense it. I thought my kids have no idea what's going on, but, but they sense it. They know that you're stressed. They see that you don't talk as much. They see that you don't cuddle. They, they see that you don't communicate. So um, it, was, it was the hardest decision. And then probably knowing if we should tell them separate or if we should tell them together because their ages are different. Um, and that was, that was heartbreaking. That was probably the hardest thing to sit down with our children and, and inform them that mommy and daddy decided to get a divorce because we can't work things out in our marriage. Well, once you did tell them, um, I imagine they all have different reactions and reactions and responses to that. Um, like how did how did you show up for them? What what was really helpful for them? We we both sit down with them at the same time. All of our kids. We decided that we do that, and then we'll have one on one time with each and each and every one of them after, because we knew that they are gonna have questions. 
they are going to have different questions because of their ages. Um, and also we knew that they might not open up right away. And we were kind of right. We were sitting down, me and my ex together. We made sure that we didn't point fingers at each other. Um, we presented the whole plan as a joint idea or a joint decision that this will happen because we both feel strongly that this is the best decision, decision for our family. Um, and we made sure that they understand what it meant that daddy is moving out and that, you know, we presented all the plans that we are staying in the house. So we kind of made sure that there are some positive um, things in this whole idea that they get to stay in the house, that they get to stay in the same school. And we made sure that they knew and they understood that it wasn't your fault, that it had, it wasn't their fault, that it had nothing to do with any of them. It wasn't because they were not obedient or they didn't have straight A's or, or they were fighting all the time. They still do. Um, <laughs> but because me and daddy decided because we can't work things out and, and we are not happy together. When you talk about, I, I'm asking all the questions, guys, jump in. If, if you want. <laughs> uh, when you talk about, you know, presenting it to your kids that this is a joint venture and, um, that you're, you're not just blowing smoke. That's, that's reality. The two of you together have realized the best thing to move forward is to get divorced. And so it's a joint decision that's for the betterment of the entire family. Have you guys been able to maintain that moving forward together with your ex in a divorce, um, but having, having it be a, a positive journey in some ways? We are, We've been trying really hard to be positive with each other. Um, you know, obviously there are still times when we both hurt. Um, divorce is not easy. I don't think it's ever easy. It's just finding the right skills to be able to move forward in a healthy way. And if for nobody else, for our children. And, you know, sometimes, I'll be honest, I have times because I would lie here for every front of everybody if I would say oh I never have bad thoughts about my ex or oh I really like that guy or I really appreciate him that's a lie because I do have times every day when I when I I'm not positive when I'm still hurt when I have heartache and and I sometimes I feel like my heart is still in pieces but I, then I look at my children and think about what do I want them to see and how do they want, how do I want them to see their father and our relationship? Um, so I am trying really hard and I know he does too, to maintain the positivity for our children's sake and for their happiness. So that, I love all of that. And that's one of the reasons I asked you on. Um, I know it's not everyone's story to have that like we're on, we have the same idea. It's not about us as much as it's about our children. Um, and I heard one of the gals in my current group who she's separated and on her way to divorce say something I thought was beautiful and it's really what you're living. She said, my husband's not working recovery right now, but I know that we have to figure out a way for us to learn to communicate and to have a healthier relationship, even with divorce, because we're still connected. We still have these kids. And we have to figure this out. And so even knowing, okay, I'm headed this direction. He's not, it's not turning out to be what I want. I still got to make something work. 
Um, and so I know a lot of that is exactly what you did. Um, so I think that's awesome. I have a question for you. And it's the question I get all the time, and probably Brandon. Um, how did you know? When do you know it's time? Oh, wow. That is <laughs> the big question. That is a, hard, that is a great question. Um, you know, and I don't know how much I can really talk about this um, in front of the whole YouTube universe, but you, you know, share we, what's comfortable. We came from both of us came from an LDS family, um, belong to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints, and where divorce is, it's should I say, not an option or not you know not really a positive thing to do as a as a couple because families are so important we were taught about that and then the you know the children and how much how much promises we make to each other so it was really hard to decide um that this is this is the time and we can't we can't make it happen um i feel like saying it to everybody to get to the point where you feel like you did everything you could. You went through your self-care and you, you learned about recovery for your own good, for yourself, because that's the only thing you can control. You can't control your spouse. You can't force your spouse to do recovery or stay in the marriage. Um, that, was one of our, that was one of our hardest things, my hardest thing, that my ex-husband wasn't willing to stay in the marriage. He was, he was the one basically who wanted to out, wanted to go out. Um, and I said at the end, after I did everything, went to recovery, um, joined support groups that I said, you know, I can't force you to stay. I can't, um, make you stay. So I think for me, that was the point where I, when I felt like I did everything I could, I fought to the last second and it's not going to work out because it's just not working out and we are not happy, we are not communicating and everything is just piled down from that point. So, so can, I, can I, sorry, Brandon, I, I just want, I wanted to, I kind of want to split hairs on this, on what you shared, because I think there's a really important distinction there, which is, <clears throat> it seems to me that though, there is a, there's a threshold of where it's like, I've got to the point where, I know I'm doing everything that I can. And then there's the decision, okay, divorce is right for me. But then there's the space in between. It seems like there is, there is time that's in between those. So my question is, is um, can you share any insights in your own experience, how long you were at the place where you're like, I'm doing everything that I can, but I'm not willing to just endure this anymore. Um, because of because of the detriment that it's doing, what was that? What was that process in your head to say it, enough is enough? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, it was about four or five months when when that basically took place, and between that five months five months of period, you know, I I did counseling and therapy and and um, support groups, and yeah, I was back and forth all the time because of my beliefs you know that no we could work this out and then also when you have children it's so hard it's so hard to make that decision um because when you don't basically you only worry about yourself your own happiness but when you have children at least me wasn't worried about myself i wasn't worried about oh i'm gonna be a single 
you know, single woman? Am I going to get married again? Um, I'm still young. What am I going to do? Do I have to go back to work? It, none of those concerns were in my life. My concerns were the children. And that was the hardest time and the hardest thing to decide. How about the kids? How am I going to do it as a single parent and also breaking their heart and feeling like that I am a failure because I gave up on something they believed in so much, you know? That's tough. That's way tough. Brandon, do you have any insights on that too, based upon your experience? Like how, I mean, Bea used the, used the time frame kind of like four to five months, but you did that with, with therapy and guidance from, from professionals. Brandon, what other insights can you, can you give on how long people need to hang on kind of against the odds, if you will. Well, Bea, Bea, tell me, tell, uh, that's a great question, Kobe, and, and I'm going to answer it and tell me what you think about this, Bea. What I say is this. I say, don't, don't stay married out just, just purely out of guilt, fear, and shame. Um, stay married because y- there's love there and you're, you're working towards some love and intimacy. If you're just hanging on out of fear, then you're really living in hell in a lot of ways. Um, The second thing I say is um, get maximum return out of your marriage. So if, if you quickly get divorced and you're done and you don't do any of your own soul searching, any of your own work and self-reflection, I realize when you've been betrayed or there's betrayal trauma, it's easy to point the finger and say, they screwed this up. They hurt me. Um, But there's always room for growth and there's always room for learning so that when you get out of that relationship, you're going to create something very different in your future relationships. If, if you, if you have one. Um, and then um, the third thing that I, I say, and I never say to my clients, when is the right time to pull the trigger? Because I believe that that is the decision between God and you. And, and, and it takes a lot of thought. It takes a lot of prayer and you'll feel peace about that decision when the time is right. You'll, you'll, you'll get that answer to move forward. And it's not a therapist's job to say it's time. Now, if, if a client's getting abused or something, then I really reflect back, Hey, it, like it is very much time. You need to start but I don't tell them they should, and I don't tell them they better, right? So what what do you think, Bea, all this stuff I'm saying? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I definitely agree. I feel like, and I would add the other thing, the fourth thing that you said, don't stay married for your children. Mm-hmm. Because and I always heard that and and you know I always thought I will never get a divorce. That was never my intention. I didn't get married to get a divorce, and I am from a divorced family, so it was really scary for me. And I said I am not willing to go down that road. Right. And I always thought about oh my kids, my kids, but you know when it come when it came down to it, it was really if I'm not happy and my husband is not happy, then how can our children be happy? And we're not showing them a good example of what a family looks like and how united we can be and how happy we can be. So I feel like that's, yeah, you're on your spot. I talked about there's, there's four options, right? There's a couple who's like happily married, intimacy, trust, like all the good stuff. There's a couple who's happily divorced. They're good friends. 
They realize their marriage isn't working for them, but they have a relationship still, obviously, and they work together to raise their kids. So that's a happily divorced couple. Um, then there's the miserably married couple. And this option three is where, where many, many people fall, where they're just miserably married, but they're married out of guilt and fear only. Um, and then there's option four, which is the worst of all, which is um, angrily divorced, miserably divorced. They hate each other. They can't work anything out and they fight and fight and fight and still live in victim of each other, even though they're, they're divorced. Right. I would take option two over option three any day. Um, so, you know, if you can get to option one, that's great. Maybe that's not a possibility. So then you realize, you know what, figuring out a happy divorce is, is, is a good option for all of us. And it's actually really, really good for the kids compared to modeling a really unhealthy relationship for your kids. So it's a very, very courageous decision to make. And some of my most um, just healthy, courageous clients are my divorce clients because they have the, the fortitude to step into so much fear and fight for recovery regardless of other people's judgments, regardless of what their church is saying. You know, it's a very, very courageous thing to do when it's done with the right heart. So, um, I have, I have another question for you. Um, you. You referenced this earlier. You referenced the term skills. I'd like you to speak to what some of the skills that you, that you found yourself using a lot during the process of divorce and since. But will you also speak to what principles you made a decision to live by um, from the time that the decision was made until, until now? Um, and, and what I mean when I say principles is like, for, I'll, I'll just use an example of one of them, which is, which is um, it's, it's one of the habits, Stephen Covey, right? Seven habits of highly effective people. And, and one of those is honor the absent. And I'm not saying that's what you need to do. I'm not saying you're bad if you, if you didn't do that. But I'm just saying that's an example of one of those principles that he advocates. But what were the things that you're like, okay, in this process, I'm going to live according to these principles right here because I want to serve, I, I want to serve this process. I want all to be served in this process despite how hard it is. Yeah, okay. Um, first, I would like to talk about the, you know, the skills, the tools that you asked about. Um, I had no idea what I was going to do until I actually met Ashlyn with the support group and the other gals. Uh, before that, I had no clue what self-care, self-love, um, any of those things meant. Um, but basically, that's what, I, that's what I learned and that's what I've been using ever since. I always make sure that, and you know, since last beginning of last year, that I give myself time, just that it's my time. And I can do anything that basically lifts me up. It can be a walk. Um, for me, it's working out every day. I make sure that physically I'm fit and I do something that makes me happy. Um, I give myself even downtime when I tell my kids, you go watch a movie or play your video games. I'm watching a show because it's my time and it helps me just not focus on anything, just a creepy show on the TV or something that makes me laugh, or sometimes even, it's gonna sound funny, but sometimes I need a good cry, and 
I just tell my kids, I am going to take that 30 minutes and I am going to cry. I might be in the closet. Don't disturb me because I need that cry. Um, Can I just hang on there? I love that bit. And so many women I know use that tool right there. Like, I know I'm in, this is going to make me cry and I'm going to do it because I'm not crying and I need to cry. And so I love that. And you're not numbing. You're not saying, I'm going to, kids go watch eight hours of TV because I'm going to go watch every season. You're doing 30 minutes. And that's the difference between numbing and self-care. So there, keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like numbing. I remember when first Ashlyn said to me, um, I'm sure you remember this, how much I love cleaning. I love clean my house. That's like therapy to me. It's a free therapy. I clean my house. I organize my house. And Sometimes I would tell Ashlyn and she's like, yeah, you're numbing out. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm cleaning. <laughs> I'm, I'm just giving myself therapy. So what I've learned basically over the last, or I would say the first six months of that whole process of allowing myself to feel whatever I feel. It can be happiness. It can be sadness. It can be, you know, depressed or anxious or anything but allowing myself to feel those feelings. And I basically, one of the tools I use that when I feel those feelings, I sit down. If I can't do it at that point, then I find a time that during that, during that same day when I sit down and um, I, I feel those feelings and I allow myself to cry, allow myself to be, be sad because I learned that those feelings are not going to go away. I can ignore them. I can just kind of pretend that they are not there, but they're not going to go away unless I sit down and feel those feelings. And um, I used to hide my tears from my kids because I didn't want them to see me sad. I didn't want them to ask me questions because I didn't want to answer those questions. So it was easier to hide in the closet or wait until the kids left for school and I would cry. But I've learned that it's it's okay because that's how they learn to be vulnerable and learn how to share their feelings and that that's okay if you're not okay it's okay to cry it's okay to be sad it's okay to be upset even um so that's those are the tools like self-care um giving myself time and really sacrificing even money sometimes to go and find help professional help therapy counseling support groups where you can actually talk to people about your heartaches and what you are going through. That helped me tremendously. I remember, Bea, you asking, you know, what books can I get to help my kids through this? And you, I believe, took your kids to Brandon's office for therapy. Yeah. Um, So you've been very proactive as a parent, I would say, in making sure your kids feel safe and that they have the people to talk to. If it's not you, they have someone. Yeah, I think uh, you just touched on something really important, which is, um, well, first off, if if you ever need some cleaning, um, I'll give you my cell phone. (laughs) 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 We got plenty of ways to numb out of my house. I know. It's like the best way to numb because you're at least being productive, right? (laughs) That's the hard thing. (laughs) Um, But the, the only way past something is to go through it. And what what you're talking about is, and, and you're still in the midst of it, Bea, like um, the grieving process when you get divorced and, and you might be grieving for years, uh, you know, in different ways, coming to acceptance of, 
of the new reality. And I think what you're talking about is just allowing yourself to grieve, allowing yourself to step into that, to feel that, um, not put on a happy face and a smiley face for your kids, um, or not stuff at all and then blow up on your kids later, but allow yourself to feel it, allow yourself to process it and allow yourself to grieve. I think that's the, one of the best things you can do um, as you go through a divorce. So that's really good. Bear, what? You know, can I just say something really yeah, quick? That it doesn't mean that it's, you know, it's easy. There are days when, when I really, sometimes I tell myself, it's been almost a year. Why am I still hurting? Why am I still feeling heartbroken? Why do I still have triggers or dreams when I wake up and I'm like, oh, bummer. It's just going to be a crappy day, you know, because I had a dream or, or something triggered me. But I feel like at least what helps me is not putting that timeline on, timeline on because what you said, you know, you are still in the midst of it. It's, it's still happening. And because you have kids, especially when you have kids, you can't put the timeline on. You can't have this window of, I'm going to be healed by this time because things will come up. Um, no divorce is perfect. There are always misunderstanding. There are three different kids to deal with, three different schools to deal with. So just kind of, yeah, allow, allowing myself to feel broken all over again, even if I need to. Wow. Bea, what was the effect, just really profound to hear you say, I'm going to tell my kids, I need like 30 minutes because I'm just going to straight cry. I just like am struck by that, struck by the vulnerability. Here's my question. As you've talked to your kids about having permission and space to feel all those different emotions, what's the effect on your kids from, 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 from that process for you? Like how has that affected your kids for you feeling your own emotions and telling them about it? It's interesting that you asked that because all of my kids always had a hard time expressing their feelings and they like to hide their emotions, um, especially if those are sad emotions and upset emotions. Besides my little girl who's like just shouts for like 30 minutes straight in the house. But I feel like the biggest thing that my kids um, learn from me allowing myself and showing them that I am allowed to be sad or upset is that they know that they are in a safe place to feel the same way. So, and sometimes I even encourage them. We have talks, especially because, you know, we have in a divorce, you have custody arrangements. So every time the kids come home, it's always different. It's harder to get back to a different place. And I always tell them that you are allowed to cry. You are, you are allowed to cry. If you need to cry, I'm here. I can either sit here with you or I can go out and give you space. But my kids do learn even today, you know, every day to, they learn how to express their emotions and how to show their emotions that it's okay. It's okay to be sad that we can't just pretend that everything is fine because because we are still hurting. They are still hurting. I, uh, that's just cool. Just to give them permission to do that. And, and that goes back to what I guess, Brandon, you said is like, you know, we have to go through this. This isn't something that we pretend isn't happening. It's not something that we try to steer around, but we just got to go through this, which means we've got to heal. And, 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 and Bea, can I, can I just ask you one other thing, which is 
I want to ask you like 10 other things, but with respect to time, right? It's like, I, I wanted to ask you this. Um, what, I'm just circling back to the, to the other piece of this with, with interactions with your, with your ex-husband, what, what principles, what decisions, decisions did you make to say, when I interact with my, with my ex-husband moving forward, I'm going to always make sure that I do this or this to show the best in me or to serve us best? Um, there were definitely a few things. I feel like one of the biggest thing that I am following through that if I want to communicate with him, if I need him to know something, any changes or anything with the kids, then I text him or I will be the one who will tell him any of those things and not telling my kids so that I don't make my kids be messengers and say, okay, would you tell your dad that he can't pick you up today, but tomorrow, or would you tell your dad that this is your homework and you need to finish it? If it's something important, I make sure that I am the one who's the messenger and tell him specific things instead of my kids. So I don't want my kids between us. I don't want them to stand between us where they feel like they have to choose sides. And I even tell them weekly that I hope you know that you do not have to change who you are and you do not have to choose sides just because you love your dad. That doesn't mean to me that you don't love me just because you text your dad every night. That doesn't mean that I feel like you don't love me. So making sure that they even have, I give them approval to love their dad and adore him as much as they do because their love for him has nothing to do with me. So that's, that's one thing. And I would say that the other thing is that I'm trying really hard and I'm not perfect at it. I would be really lying if I say that's true. Be always positive. And that's really hard when you're hurting. That's really hard when you're heartbroken, when, when the past still affects you. And I mean, you know, my son told me the other day, he's 14 years old and he said, mom, divorce just sucks. Just never, it's not easy. Because he's like, you know, I, now I have to be with four parents instead of two. And that suck, he says. Um, and I, yeah, I just, you know, I really try hard. And as I said, I'm not perfect at it to be positive and only say positive things in front of my kids about my ex because I don't want them to choose sides and I don't want them to feel like if we love dad, mom will get upset. Man, I love that. An extraordinary human being. Yeah. But also they did hear me saying bad things, you know, <laughs> I should add that. So they see me that I'm human and, um, but when I do, and when I realize that, and my 14-year-old is the best to tell me, sometimes later on, he would come to me or text me a text at, at like 10 o'clock and he would say, mom, I really didn't like what you said, or I really didn't like how you put it. Then I would, I would, you know, show up for myself and say, yeah, you know what? You're right. But then I would say, I'm a human. And let's face it, it is really hard for me to be always positive because I am still hurting just like you are. So they know, they know that I'm not perfect at it. They know that I'm still hurting. They know that it is really hard for me. Uh, they know that I still have anger and sadness in me, but I'm not allowing those things to come up every day in my life. 
and controlled right. me. So that reminds me when I asked you to do this podcast, I remember uh, when I told you the, the theme is like a healthy divorce, you giggled and you're like, but I'm not positive all the time, <laughs> Ashlyn. Like, I'm just not telling you. And that really stood out to me because plenty of us have people in our lives who've been through a divorce and you can see, you have a different energy, Bea, and you always have because I think you do have, okay, I have my one or two people that I am going to maybe vent to here and there, but it's not to everyone or it's not a little bit here and a little bit there. It's like, these are my people and the rest get to see the good. And I think that's healthy for you and for your children and for your friends. It's a different energy and that's why you were asked. And it doesn't mean because you're perfect and you have the healthiest divorce ever, you're here. It's because you really have put forth an effort in your relationships in many ways to make it a healthier way. So there you go. Not perfect, but trying. <laughs> hey, uh, I got to ask you a question before we run out of time. Um, I, I feel like we could have you on for 10 episodes. Like we're scratching <laughs> the surface of all these topics. It's such a big topic. I mean, and there's mm -hmm. so much here. Um, but to, to that person who is just on the brink of divorce or maybe just got divorced, um, and they're just feeling a lot of feelings of failure and just guilt and failure and beating themselves up. Um, what would you, what would you say to them? Wow. That, that question kind of puts me back to the point where I, where the divorce came up and it was really hard. So what would I say to them? So many things. So can I come back? <laughs> um, first of all, probably the one the, and most important thing that helped me through it, that I'm not alone. You are not alone. And I know that you did not plan this journey. I did not plan this journey. Um, but it's a journey that we can either take upon us or we can be broken for the rest of our lives. And I feel like that's our choice. Um, I really like to have joy in my life. That's, that's one thing to, to keep me going. It can be my, ch my children, the weather, the workouts, the organization or the cleaning or anything. Find joy every day in your life, even when you are heartbroken. It doesn't mean that you will not be heartbroken, but it will mean, I like to think of a way when somebody one, one time told me that think of a way joy as God um, drops you down little tiny packages of sunshine. And when you open that package up, even if it's just for five minutes, you feel that joy. Go get yourself an ice cream, go buy yourself fresh flowers. Um, don't go anywhere right now because of the corona. But <laughs> try something new at home if you need to. Um, and that also, I know if somebody would told me this, I would have been like, yeah, right. You, you can say things like that, but you know, you don't know how I feel. But it is not the end of the world. Um, as sad and heartbreaking it is, um, if your marriage is not happy and you need to get out of it, then you will find your new happiness either by yourself or with somebody new or just with your children. But if that's the, if that's the path that you need to take, 
you need to know that you're not alone and find help find help please find help because there's no way i could have done it by myself i reached out i know it's that's probably one of the hardest things to so many people reaching out because you feel ashamed that your marriage is broken you feel ashamed it was hard for me to show up at church or go out to the community and talk to people because all of a sudden i was this single woman who is divorced and especially in the church it's really hard to face that decision and but i feel like it saved me that i i, sh I showed up and i i just reached out to people you know there are so many support groups so many pages so many people who can help find even just one person who you can have somebody who can who can help you just give you a hug and a shoulder to cry on even that can help tremendously to move on and move through through the heartaches yeah i i i bullet pointed what you just said so i just want to and these are put in Brandon's words a little bit, but that was so good what you just said. So here's the, <laughs> here's the quick bullet points. So first, know that you're not alone. You're not the only person who's ever gone through this. Second, face the reality of it. You can fight against it or you can face it. Um, third, find joy. Um, you can find joy even when your heart's aching. Um, there is life beyond divorce. That you, there, there's still life there afterwards. And then um, find help and support and reach out. So it's just good stuff, Bea, that, that will be so helpful for people to hear. So um, anything else, you guys? Ash and Toby? Um, I just wanted to, I'm remembering, as you said that, you know, you're bullet pointing and going through that. I remember you saying it's so hard to go to church or whatever. And I, I remember seeing a quote that said, you know, when people get divorced or they're separated, people don't bring you meals. People don't offer to help. Like when someone has cancer or someone's passed away, it's like this uneasy, I don't know what to do or how to help you. So I'll just stay away. And that's not the best thing for us. Right. And I remember distinctly, Bea, you reached out to your neighbors. You reached out to the people who were saying, you know, what's going on. And and you opened up and were vulnerable and said, this is what I need. This is what my children need. And I think exactly what you said, that's important. And a lot of us, that's the hardest thing to do is to say, hey, I need help. And I think especially during that time, like you said, your heart is broken. Just you're grieving like you would grieve a death. It is a death of a marriage and you're grieving and you need those extra things in your life. So that's one thing I noticed for sure with you. Before we wrap up, I just wanted to say one thing, which is uh, we realize every situation is different and every ex-spouse is going to be different. And, and, and so the things that Bea has talked about today, um, you know, in a broad sense, are about navigating through it. And I could, see, I could see this triggering some saying, well, you don't really get it. You don't know what it's like to be with my ex. Um, but the overall, the overall principles that she's talked about today do work. Um, finding joy, finding that positive regard, work, stepping into pain, um, facing reality, getting support. All of those things do work for anybody. So um, it has been awesome today, Bea. You, you coming on has been 
um, just courageous. And I really, really appreciate you opening up and sharing with us. Thank you. Yeah, you've, you've been wonderful. Ash? Um, can I just share this comment, Brandon, that really sparked, uh, we had a comment on our social media that was from someone who's been divorced, um, the once addicted. And I thought this, you know, it's not the, the normal story and it's probably a little bit messier of a divorce than what Bea has had thus far. Um, but he's shifted. So he says, um, we divorced because I was in such of a, an abyss of a denial that I was incapable of construct of the constructive process. I have the utmost respect and love for my ex-wife now because she's had the courage and integrity to say that she can't do this anymore. Wow. I am not, I am not a victim of addiction, um, any longer. And I deeply regret not changing s sooner. I turned away from the storm instead of facing it. Um, and here he is now like really involved in choosing to work on himself. And he has that regret of like, I wish I would have done this sooner. Um, but they're making it work now. So even if you've had that messy divorce or you've been that person that's causing it, um, the relationship not to function for the kid's sake, step into it, step into that storm. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, he's going to save his kids and yeah. his ex-wife a lot of heartache and challenges because of his accountability and his honesty um that that's awesome so we have some great people here um who are on this journey with us and so i appreciate all of you who listen um especially Bea for being here like brandon said we just uh, the world needs to hear more voices of hope and so i appreciate yours today thank you Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was really, really a good insight for healing you all, hearing you all of it. Well, Bea, you've been transparent and honest and open. And I think you've just modeled some really great healthy principles. Um, one of which is just saying, hey, I'm still human too. And <laughs> um, acknowledging the fact that you're going to have hard times and hard days, but just facing it. That's just, I just am not a really great takeaway. So appreciate you. There needs to be more bays in the world. And if that was the case, then I think it'd be a better world. Corona in, in you know, considered. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Brandon, we've got, uh, we still have the relationship rescue challenge that is still available beyond, let's see, beyond dash enough.com forward slash relationship. That's where they can go. Is that right? Yep. That's it. Okay, so if you haven't jumped over there, then uh, then do so because it's a it's a rad challenge. The timeliness of it is is pretty cool considering that because it's it's thirty bucks. No, you might be thinking the irony. We're talking about I know, right? Promoting the relationship <laughs> challenge, and uh, <laughs> wherever you're at in the journey, whatever direction you're going, we're we're here to meet your needs. So, and yep. there's no right there's no right way. So, just move forward toward your recovery. Yeah. Again, want to thank uh, Bea for being here with us today. Uh, the, the so intriguing and so insightful, and and really, you know, we talk a lot about giving a peek behind the curtain of recovery, addiction, betrayal as part of our effort here on the podcast. And I think Bea, you've done that successfully, as far as giving a peek behind the curtain of what the process uh, may be like, at least for yours. Again, that's not going to be everybody's experience, but you really did give a peek behind the curtain of this process of, of divorcing and uh, just really appreciate the insights and experience. Thank you. Thank you all. Right. Hey guys, appreciate you being here. If you haven't yet hop over rate and review and we will see you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye.